Hi, welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. I'm recording this on Saturday, October 10th, and it is World Mental Health Awareness Day. And we have been in this pandemic now for, goodness, how many months has it been? So it's kind of interesting for me to be talking about this topic today. I uh, am definitely not an expert by any means when it comes to financial, mental illness, because that is its own specialty. Uh, But I do have a general understanding of some of the things that people might be experiencing. And I can hopefully help you uh, by pointing you in the right direction. So there are a couple of things that I wanted to cover with this topic. Uh, When I think about problems that people may have, I come from it from a systemic lens or a family lens. That's just because that was my training. So when someone has an issue, yes, they may have that issue, but where did that issue come from? And what are the uh, other factors in their life that are influencing that issue? For instance, if someone is struggling with their money, they may have developed a script over the course of their life because of the things that they saw family members do with money or without money. You may uh, hear about or you yourself may have been uh, very poor growing up and one of the scripts that can come from that is I will never have money. Uh, On the flip side, another script may be, I will make sure by any means necessary that I have money. And that can go to some real extremes like overworking, uh, being addicted to work, uh, also stealing. That's also a possibility. And so the first thing that I want to encourage you to do is think about your family's history with money. Did you feel growing up that you were secure financially? As in, there was always a place for you to stay and that place remained pretty stable. You weren't really moving around a whole lot. Uh, Or for instance, you did not have to worry about uh, clothing or food. Um, Did you hear your parents, aunts, uncles talking about money? What were some of the things that they said about money? Were they really stressed out? Were they ending off the month in the red all the time? Uh, Did you learn that maybe you are not going to be able to get some of the things that a lot of the things that you want 
we can't always get everything that we want, but it's nice to get it some of the time, and that's pretty normal. But knowing that you're not going to have your needs met or you're not going to be able to get things that you would like that maybe you see other people have, all of those things create our narrative around money and then shape what we do with it down the line. On the flip side, you may have people who grew up in wealthy homes and they knew that money was always going to be there and they did not have to worry about it. And then down the line, they uh, end up in a situation where that may not be the case and that could be a very jarring experience. So step one is really to stop and think about what you have learned about money from your family experiences. When people talk about depression and anxiety, those are really common uh, terms. They are the most common mental health disorders. And so we hear about it on a regular basis. But a lot of people may not really understand what they look like. There may be like stereotypical ideas about what depression is, what anxiety is. And so before I started to talk about uh, the financial side of it, I did want to talk about what those symptoms can look like. So in depression, you could experience uh, irritability, so being very easily ticked off, uh, being restless, uh, social isolation, not really interacting with your friends or your family members, not really wanting to go out, sleeplessness, difficulty falling asleep, difficulty staying asleep, sleeping too much. Uh, same with hunger and food, not really having much of an appetite or overeating on the flip side of that, having difficulty concentrating, uh, there may be fluctuations in weight, general sadness, uh, hopelessness, losing interest in things that you once were interested in. Those are some of the common symptoms of depression. And when depression is diagnosed, as with uh, all mental health disorders, you have to have a certain number of the symptoms to be diagnosed, but that does not mean that it's not a problem if you don't have that certain number. It doesn't mean that it's not something that you can address. With anxiety, a lot of the symptoms are similar or can be similar. And so it helps to work with a professional who can tease apart the difference between the two. So like I mentioned, anxiety can include difficulty concentrating. It could also include uh, sleep issues, but things like worrying, uh, being afraid, um, you may have racing thoughts or thoughts that you do not want to think, thoughts that are really, really scary about things that might happen to you or to people that you love, being constantly on guard and
and um, looking around, kind of wary about what may happen next. And so those are some of the symptoms for anxiety and depression. PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder, and it is a, a branch off of just anxiety. PTSD is caused by experiencing or perceiving a traumatic event. So for instance, this pandemic is a traumatic event, uh, natural disasters. At this time that I'm recording this, uh, we are just getting past another hurricane. And at this time, when I'm recording, I actually have my TV on because where I live, we're under tornado warning. So those can be traumatic events the traumatic death of a loved one, abuse. Those are all traumatic events. And so when people experience traumatic events, they may be able to bounce back and be okay. But there are a lot of people who have a hard time with traumatic events and they begin to experience a number of the symptoms that I previously described, in addition to things like uh, flashbacks. So experiencing that event over and over in their mind's eye, uh, nightmares, things like that. And there are several symptoms of PTSD. So now that you have like a general overview of depression, anxiety, and PTSD, let's talk about how it can relate to money. So uh, when you look into it, there are things that kind of seem obvious after the fact. So someone who's in a lot of debt, obviously they are going to be sad about it or worried about their situation. But there are things that are less obvious. There may be complete avoidance of the debt, not wanting to talk about it, not wanting to think about it, not wanting to log into the accounts to see what the numbers look like. And the reason for that may be because they feel so overwhelmed by their situation that it creates a stress response in the body and they may just completely shut down. In psychology, and you may hear about this because it's mentioned often, there's something called fight, flight, or freeze. When we are faced with scary situations, so a common example would be back in caveman days, if you have something that comes to attack you, you may immediately respond by trying to fight it off. You may immediately respond by freezing up and you, you just can't move, you can't do anything. You may respond immediately by fleeing or running away. And our response to trauma and stress 
comes from our history of way, 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 way back in the day in terms of how we dealt with uh, situations. And the same thing applies to our finances. People who are experiencing the stress of their financial situation may have that fight, flight, freeze response. So the research backs this up. People who have debt are three times more likely to have mental health problems. And those mental health problems are more likely to be depressive, anxiety, and psychotic disorders. People who have a lot of debt are also more likely to die by suicide. And I think that the number is something like eight times more likely. People who are in debt are more likely to experience um, drug abuse, substance abuse, problems with drinking, so on. And so when we consider the fact that that may be the end result of a long history, it really drives home the fact that it's important for us to ensure that we have financially healthy families from the get-go so that we create an environment where we're less likely to have these mental health concerns down the line, where we are less likely to have children who then grow up to have these mental health concerns down the line. Um, For this year, in particular, with the pandemic, a lot of people have been out of work. Um, Here in the United States, there has been very limited uh, provision of help financially for people who are struggling the most. And so I am very worried about the long-term impact of the pandemic. I'm also concerned about millennials in general. So generally speaking, I mean, this is a common fact, everybody knows this, the baby boomer generation did pretty well in terms of their finances. And that is overall, I'm not talking about individuals, just as a group. And in comparison, uh, millennials are really struggling. And that's for a number of reasons. But there is an article that came out in Forbes magazine last year. And it was talking about how financial trauma is a reality for a third of millennials. Think about it, one in three. Because money means, and I've mentioned this before, feeling safe, feeling secure. It's also a representation of your status in the world and so on. And uh, when it comes to financial trauma, that is uh, where you are, you're not able to kind of match up. And when I mentioned PTSD previously, 
when you experience financial trauma, it's really an issue if it's starting to affect your ability to carry out the things that most human beings can do, like going to work, having a normal work life, having a normal home life, having normal uh, friendships, and the stress of the financial situation can create this financial trauma. So that can look like things like having um, basic thought patterns that are negative regarding money. Oh, I'll never have money. Oh, I'll always be in debt. Or just being stuck on the idea of failing having a hard time stopping your mind from thinking about the negative side of finances and that it's all doom and gloom or things like avoiding like i mentioned earlier being afraid of getting the mail even if the mail is not going to be a bill today you don't want to go to get your mail because it might be a bill and so those are some of the things that are starting to be recognized in millennials specifically. And I think that this pandemic is really going to create a situation where we will see lasting impacts of our finances and our financial situation this year that will uh, continue for some time to come. So there is a Dr. Klontz who is an expert in this area and he talks about money disorders and uh, he believes that there are three categories, money avoidance, so not even wanting to be involved in money decisions, money worship, which you may think of as the other extreme, and then having relational money disorders, so issues related to money in a relationship. So that can be things like one person works a lot and the other person is feeling neglected as a result, but that person who works a lot can't make themselves work less. They feel like they cannot. Uh, overspending, one person may be maxing out credit cards and their partner cannot understand why they can't just stop. And so it's getting in the way of the relationship. There may be gambling going on. That is an example as well. Dr. Klontz did uh, an interview for the American Psychological Association and it is available on YouTube if you're interested. The title of it is Coping with Financial Anxiety During COVID-19 and that might be of use to you. I could not talk about this topic without briefly touching on financial abuse because financial abuse can most definitely create a situation where someone goes on to develop uh, mental health disorders as a result of the abuse. 
Financial abuse typically takes place in family relationships or romantic relationships. So, for instance, one person may prevent the other person from having access to their money by taking their credit cards, taking their debit cards, insisting that they do everything in terms of the money. Um, There may be stalking going on. So stalking in terms of pulling phone records or pulling bank statements and keeping a close eye on everything that the other person is doing. They may sign up for things in your name using your information or not paying child support which then can impact not just the partner or the former partner, but also any children who are involved, stealing identity, and so on. So if you are experiencing any of those things, you may be um, a victim of financial abuse, and that is something that is very serious and uh, I would encourage you to get help. So those are some of the things that I wanted to cover. I am going to include on the website for today's episode a link to that YouTube video that I mentioned. Dr. Klontz also has a money behavior inventory for you to get an idea of how you feel around money. I'll include a link to that on the website as well, but it has questions like, I feel a need to constantly stay busy. I have borrowed money for gambling or have gambled on credit. I avoid opening or looking at my bank statements like I mentioned previously. Uh, So you can go through that and... um, You can get a score at the end and see how things look for you and determine if your situation is to the point where you should probably get some help for it. A few other questions. I lend money without making clear arrangements for repayment. I feel guilt and or shame after making purchases. So I would encourage you to take this inventory because it can really be helpful. Uh, in case you missed the name again, it is the Klontz Money Behavior Inventory. And I'll include a link to it on the website for today. I um, also wanted to read just a little piece from uh, an excerpt from Dr. Klontz's uh, website. And the excerpt, they were talking about the family relationship and family history and how it relates to money. And so it was a perfect fit for uh, today's episode. And so it says, traumatic events are often a part of the history and that's the family's history. And when families experience stress or trauma, they respond like individuals do. They create unspoken scripts to try to reconcile that trauma with an acceptable or at least minimally painful 
version of reality. These scripts are um, compiled, I'm sorry, into family anthologies and these stories, not to mention the unhealthy habits and behaviors that go along with them, get passed down like heirlooms and they can exert a powerful and profound effect on families for generations. And here's the part that I really liked. Exploring and revealing your family's financial history can be tremendously rewarding and enlightening. In doing so, you'll realize that your beliefs are not your own, that they have been passed down to you, taught to you deliberately or not by your family members. That discovery can be very freeing, opening the door to learning and growth. And so if you are struggling with your finances, forgive yourself because you did not get there on your own. You got there as a result of a multitude of things that came before this situation. And so I hope that that helps. If you are experiencing stress, anxiety, depression, trauma related to finances, Really, the advice that you will see the most online is stop avoiding it, get your finances under control, talk to your friends about it. And those are really helpful uh, pieces of advice. But I have worked with enough people to know that it can be hard to get there. So the first thing that I would encourage you to do is to sit and start taking deep breaths, not focusing on thinking about money, not focusing on thinking about the bills or anything like that, just in general. Just sit somewhere quiet and take some deep, calming breaths. It will help to maybe have positive affirmations that you can repeat to yourself things like, I am in control of my life. I am strong and I am a capable person. And I think that if you do that for a little bit first, then you can build up the strength to be able to open up about the experience that you're having. I think you, you may avoid it, because it's it's a very difficult thing to look at. And in order for you to be able to get to the point where you're able to face things, you kind of have to move in baby steps and that's okay. So if any of this resonates for you, uh, I would encourage you to take the baby steps like I mentioned, but ultimately you will likely benefit from working with a mental health provider and specifically someone who has training in financial health. There are also certified financial planners who have mental health backgrounds, whether in social work or psychology. And so that will probably help the most. So thank you for joining me today. Tune in every Monday and Friday. You can check out the website at healthywealthyroots.org 
join me on Instagram at Healthy Wealthy Roots and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember, our future grows from healthy, wealthy roots. If you have a hard time making decisions, the next episode is going to be for you. We're going to switch gears for a minute and focus on decision making and specifically how you can use pros and cons to help you get there. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.